someone should have thrown something on Danladi at that point. Our officials need to learn to fear us. It shows that we don't even have trust in the judicial system anymore. If a judge, this is the law that you're supposed to be using to fight, but it is the law that is fighting you. Danladi is supposed to be the law. He's fighting you. The police officers who came in there are the law. And they weren't doing anything. So when the people lose confidence in the law, what do you expect them to do? To take up arms and defend themselves. My name is Mr. Sao. Joining me today, as always, are my very good friends, Mr. Henry Okwa. Hello. And um, Mr. Houston Wanchuku. How are you guys doing? Very fine, thank you, Sao. Henry Okwa, how's your week been? Mm, so I took I took the COVID-19 vaccine. Oh, yeah. Wow. Did you? Yeah, and some days later, I saw the side effects you know i think i think after surviving covid i did not care what the what the temporary side effects of the vaccine would be so i just went went in took it and before you knew what was happening i got i there was fatigue there was heading fact, there was headache for two days straight oh, wow. but now i'm i'm much better sharp at least i know somebody so, that's taking the, the vaccine I yeah don't know we should I all just, we should all i think we should all get so vaccinated that's first job, yeah yes that's my first job the next one is in three months so that'll be in June, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. But you feel good now. Yes, I feel good. I feel good. Mr. Houston, how was your week or how is your good Friday going? My good Friday is going well, thank God. Um <coughs> I didn't get a chance to go to church, but then I have an evening program I'm expected to attend. Today? Hopefully. Yeah. Oh, then you'll be going to church for Easter Sunday though. Yeah, definitely. I should go to church. Do you mean evening program or evening party? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's not for our, our, our religious program. <laughs> okay. okay. Alright, let's get straight to the topics we are going to be reacting to today. I'm just going to get straight to our first topic. So on Tuesday, the chairman of the Code of Conduct Tribunal, Justice Danladi Uma, was caught on camera assaulting a security guard at Banex Plaza in Abuja. I don't know if you guys have, have seen the video. Did you guys watch the mm -hmm. video? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, the video is actually on Sahara Reporter's um, YouTube page. So the chairman of the Code of um, Conduct Tribunal was caught on camera. I watched it. He was assaulting the security guard. It, it was a lot of chaos that happened there. And I, I, when I saw the video, I was wondering what he was actually doing at Banex Plaza. You know, because he's a very privileged person that could send any aid, especially mm -hmm. when you know you don't have the best temperament, mm -hmm. you know, so you could avoid stuff like this from happening because as human beings, I know we're not perfect, you know, but for somebody that holds such a very high office, mm -hmm. you know, to be caught displaying whatever it was displaying there, there was a lot of chaos then and the, the people at Banex Plaza had to start um, attacking him at some point, you know, because they were not happy. I think one of his aides slapped the security guard as well, and I saw him like kicking, kicking the guy according to the video that I saw. You know, so this is the first part of what unfolded. So I would like us to react to this bit right now because it's, it's starting to become a little bit of a, a pattern 
Mm. I think last year or so, there was a senator <coughs> that was caught on, on videos slapping or assaulting Elisha, a Elisha Abu. You know, and this, this lawmaker is still in office. He mm. has not left. He, he could not resign honorably and he could not be fired or recalled back by his um, constituents. You know, so th there's this pattern of behavior that is going on right now with our, our, our appointed um, officials, you know, assaulting or just exhibiting some very bad behaviors in public. Mm. I don't know what you think about that bit. I just want us to react to this bit of him assaulting, then I'll get to the next part. Henry Quiet, if you want to go first. Um, well, Dunladi's behavior is not unusual in our society. There's already the belief in a lot of people that those of us who are not in elective positions are second-class citizens to those who are, you understand? Basically, in Nigeria, you're, the fact that you have, I don't want to just say money, but means, means that every other person around you is less than you and you feel like, okay, they don't have any right to leave or they don't have if you if you if you see if you see what was happening it was as if Dunladi was irritated at the fact that the security guard was talking to him mm. the body language we couldn't hear what they were saying but you could yeah. tell that he was like you this the, that, that the gesture that Dunladi was using is a familiar gesture in in the north you understand i think i think they also use it in the south that's twisting of the hand like do you understand? Yeah, like, too low. You, yeah, you, yeah, do you understand? Class. So yeah. I think, I think that, that, that what happened was just a one day that camera was catching the typical Nigerian society. Mm. You understand? Was, was filming the uh, typical Nigerian society and that came up. We see it everywhere. We see it so every day. The fact that we see it everywhere or that's the normal thing that happens every day, does that mm. make that okay? Should there be consequences for these actions? Because these guys, these rich people or whoever want to turn them as a government officials tend to get away with this with these behaviors is that normal should we really accept it as normal that that's the way the society is and so should it be so i i i believe strongly that part of what this platform is aimed at doing is to help nigerians if possible think differently or help them try to answer some of the difficult questions for themselves now um don't like this behavior is a symptom that behavior across society are just symptoms of a larger problem. Do you understand? Now, in Nigeria, because we have so enshrined the fact that your rights don't matter, do you understand? It, it's across board. We will have to look at it holistically. Should we treat human beings with dignity or not? Do you understand? Nigerians, we don't treat anything with dignity. We, we don't think not even anyone you understand so those those people are representatives of our society those ones that are in public office now whether what uh what, sorry what umar has done is definitely condemnable definitely condemnable i don't know why a public official will not be able to hold himself and it's not just a public official you are a judge Yes. You are a judge. It, judges are the ones who are held at the highest level of reverence in a society. You understand? You hold, you have, you hold people's lives and livelihood in your hands. As a judge, you should have, you should have more, you should have more restraint. You should be able to. Well, Daladi has been disappointing me for a while. So, right. um, Mr. Houston, okay. what's your reaction to the whole debacle that happened? The assault. The, the putting himself in a position where he had to even start getting attacked by the, the people in um, Banex Plaza. 
Yeah. Um, first of all, um, I'll tell you the the CCT Code of Conduct Tribunal. Yes. Is it director? No, chairman. 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 Yeah. Code of Conduct Tribunal um, chairman has actually committed a faux pas. And that's like committed what? It's committed a faux pas. That's okay. a blunder. So what he did was completely wrong. And well, clearly in this country we live in, in Nigeria right now, I think Nigeria has actually reduced to Nigeria has actually reduced to three categories of people. We have Nigerians in diaspora, mm. Nigerians in government, and Nigerians. That's what we have. So you are either in, you, you either fall in one of this category. We don't have right now, we don't have poor Nigerians and rich Nigerians anymore because basically what's the government, what this what we see now in Nigeria is it's either you're talking about Nigeria from outside the country, mm. you're in government, which of course demonstrates power, or you're not in government at all. Because if you will see somebody who is I mean, you were human, you were normal, you were a civilian before you got into you're still a civilian for crying out loud. You're just by means of providence or something. Because I wouldn't say hard work got you into that place. If hard work got you into that place, then you'll know what it was what it means to be at a very um, humble position, like the security guard. This is a security guard. If anybody went to his compound and starts fighting with the security guard, how would he accept it? Mm. It's I mean, some people will say in pigeon English, they'll call you GM, they say he's the GM, now he be GM which is the general manager of the gates, the gates man. That's mm. what he is. So if he says, do not park here, I think you should respect that. He has his reasons why he's saying, do not park here. Mm. It could be a place for, it could be a handicapped parking place. It could be a place for people with disabilities. It could be a reserved parking space for um, maybe the owner of a plaza. It could be something. And you have to respect that. So for you to come in there and exercise government power as a judge, as somebody who should be fighting for that humble, personality you should be fighting for that man instead you're fight you're fighting with him i think it's completely unacceptable it is completely unacceptable and there should be consequences for things like this when people in public positions people in public office come out and try to do things like this like oppress people without people that are not in government because basically he he what he demonstrated was superiority of his position he wasn't seen as just like the security guard was seen as the security guard. If he came out anywhere to defend himself, he would say, I am the security guard. What will um, Dan Lady call himself? He will say he's the chairman of the Code of Conduct Tribunal. And that is why that shouldn't be met. That's why such um, directive shouldn't be given to him by the security guard, which by every law doesn't, I mean, that is not his jurisdiction. That's the security guard's jurisdiction. So there should be penalties for things like this. I think the government ought to hold him accountable for this. Okay, hold him accountable how? And not just him, every other public office holder who abuses power, because that's abuse of power, basically. Do you think he needs to be fired? I think he needs to be fired. Okay. No, before, fire, or, before firing, you have to bring charges up against him. Yeah, or the charge of assault. You can bring up the charge of assault. Also, he needs, to compensate the, he needs to compensate the security guard. You know why? Because. He has set a very, very bad precedent. Now, anybody in government who goes into any other place, and this thing is happening like this right now, it's everyone is looking at it as something that happened only in Banners and say 2 and all that. But you know the funny thing? Anywhere you see a security guard now, this is a message to every security guard in Nigeria, wherever you are, that a government official has can overstep his jurisdiction and, and tell you what to do and fight you in your and question you in your own jurisdiction as a security guard. So I think it shouldn't be acceptable. It should it shouldn't be accepted by anybody. 
Okay, like Henrico was saying, like the security guard can sue just mm -hmm. in case he doesn't know. But we saw a case before where the lady actually sued and there was a judgment given in her favor. Mm. But how do you implement that judgment? Still <coughs> considering the fact that we are dealing with people with power. You know, so their remedies, their, their, their actions, their steps people could take. But how do we see through with those actions with the kind of society that we have in right now? Because the other guy is still in office, this one is still in office as well. Yeah. Anyway, um, the social media was already uh, in uproar. You know, then they had to release a statement. And this <laughs> statement cost another while. I think this one made the situation even worse. Yep. So they released a very long statement, but I'm not going to read through everything. I'm just going to read this part. So the statement reads here. The policeman seen in the video, talking about the video clip that went viral. They wrote this video clip. Okay. The, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're talking about this earlier, yeah? Yeah. And as a, as a publisher, mm -hmm. I go through this every day. I get press releases from government offices, even from the presidency. Mm. And the way some of those statements are written, are a disgrace, to mm. be honest. You know, we can do better. This statement that came from the office of the CCT chairman was a disgrace. Mm. Video clip here was spelled C-L-I-F-F. <laughs> like Jimmy Cliff. <laughs> like this was really horrible. And this was never the only, only blunder. Like mm. this was really Several bad. But I'm just going to read. I'm, I'm not going to pay attention to the blunders here. So the statement says, uh, the policeman seen in the video clip Cliff, Cliff, yeah, we were not the chairman's police team. They were policemen operating around the plaza whom at first instance intervened before the arrival of police team from Maitama police station. As the few policemen in the complex were apparently overwhelmed by the mobs consisting of Biafran boys. In cuffs. This was another problem. I think this was the biggest issue that came out from this statement. And when you read through this whole statement, they kept writing the Biafran in full capital letter. So you could tell that it was not a mistake. From the first point, they wrote Biafran. Biafran boys. The Biafran is in all caps. So this was very intentional. So I don't know the intention of the writer of this statement. Trying to stir something ethnic here and moving from the altercation or the assault that actually happened. So I'm just going to go on here. So it says, as the few policemen in the complex were apparently overwhelmed by the mobs, consisting of Biafran boys, throwing, supposed to write machets, but they wrote matches, you know? <laughs> I just have to put these things out there and I'm not trying to shame them, you know, and shape objects. It's supposed to be sharp, sharp objects. objects. You're writing shape. What shape? I won't, be, I won't be surprised ah. if I won't be surprised if Dan Ladi actually issued this statement himself and then put an alias behind yeah, it. But I won't be surprised. Yeah. Which led to the deep cut and dislocation in one of his finger, meaning the, the chairman's finger, causing damage to his car, smashing his windscreen because the, the people had got upset at that point in time and they were reacting. Mm -hmm. So he said at a point he attempted to leave the scene, these same miscreants. At this point, I have to stop. So they write miscreants here and they go on to say Biafran boys again, ordered for the closure of the gates. 
What do you think he was trying to establish here by mentioning Biafran boys as the people who were who were retaliating because they were actually retaliating to the oppression they faced. They saw clearly the oppression that you guys just talked about that happened there. And these are the youths now, now very smart, saying no to some bad behaviors that have gone on in this country for a very long time, but they are going on about it the way they know how to go about it, which is violence for violence, which is not still correct. But this guy went on here in the statement writing Biafran boys, Biafran boys. What do you think was his intention with his statement? Um, I, I, I think I think I'll be pointing out the obvious, but it is what it is, isn't it? Nigeria has been divided along those lines. Do you understand? And it started from the ninety-seven percent uh, those lines. ethnic lines, yeah. you know, and it was, that, that was made worse by the ninety-five percent and five percent rhetoric of the president when he got into office. Okay. You understand? Now, a lot about leadership is not going place to place to tell people this is how to behave. The people look to their leaders, body language and speech and actions to know how to behave. This is the same country, the same administration that Danladi is part of, that a certain group of people have been saying, we are marginalized, we are not being carried along. And the rhetoric from the leadership has been, who is marginalizing you? Do you understand? It's like someone telling you that I don't have enough representation at the table and you're saying who is stopping you from having representation at the table. Meanwhile, you are the one who is responsible for bringing people to the table. Do you understand? So I feel like to a large extent, that lady is echoing the conversations or the thinking of the people in his circle. It is one thing for an aide to write a statement for a government official. Mm -hmm. It is another thing for the government official to read that statement. It is another thing for that government official to release that statement to the, new, to the news media. I first got that statement like some, a few minutes after it dropped because I belong to this um, group of journalists mm -hmm. where they drop statements very quickly so that people can carry on, you know, do their, um, do their news from. And I was shocked. You understand that this is coming from the CCT. You get. I think. I think from how they are even ranked, so the CCT is on should be on the same level with the with the appeal court or so. Do you understand? This is somebody who, during the during the whole Saraki trial and whatnot, we were in the CCT to see how things were being run, and you could tell that what happened at Banex is part and parcel of Denladi's personality. Do you understand? Banex just, he, I'm sure he didn't think that there'll be a camera. Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah. When it started, watching upstairs, you understand? Yeah. So I feel like when it started, he did not think, oh, there may be a camera here. And at the end of the day, you see the action in the video and then the statement that comes out to back it up, it shows you the thinking of yeah, the, of, of the person. Like he didn't take any responsibility that he had done anything wrong. Mr. Houston. Biafran boys, Biafran boys, misgrant. First of all, how did you know that they were Biafrans? How did you know that they were um, Igbos? It's, 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 I'm not even going to sugarcoat this. I'll yeah. say it as it is. It is obvious that the place, the Bannocks, is a place that is, um, there's, that has predominant, that has, um, that makes, that's made up of predominantly Igbo people, the Igbo extraction, people from the East, Southeast, and um, as we know, these people are business-like people. They are very, very inclined to their business and they do not joke with security. Mm. So if he's saying, if he calls them a miscreant, then he's wrong calling them a miscreant. If he calls them Biafran boys, he's only, um, he's only exuding 
what they say in private, the kind of conversations they have behind mm -hmm. those doors. I mean, him and his ill, him and his people. Mm -hmm. And if he's angry or if his aide is angry or dissatisfied with the fact that the people came out to support the security guard, well, it shouldn't be strange to him that there are people who protect their 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 business as much as they will protect anything. So these are usually these are these people are a group of people that are usually very protective about their, their business. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't go to I, I grew up in Portacos. In Portacos, even till this day, tax force do not barge into the bureau de change because they know the people who who handle that aspect of business. When they go there, they ask for their representative. The representative come out, they take, they take their task and their tax money and walk away. Mm. They don't go in there because sometime they go way back in 2000, between 2012, 2011, I remember sometime they had a very serious altercation there between the people who were changing money and the task force. So this is this people's business and they care about security just as much as Danladi will care about security at the CCT. And people, you find somebody accosts their security and starts causing trouble. What do you expect them to do? If it's too much for the security, the people come out to protect their business. But so, he, do you think it was right for him to refer to the people there so, as Biafran yes. boys? Yes, so if he says, if he, if he refers to them as Biafran boys, it is wrong because he's beginning to play the ethnic card and we know when they play this ethnic card, we know what it is like. Mm. I'm saying they, I mean, um, dissatisfied Nigerians in different parts of different parts of the country because I wouldn't just blame the north with this even in the south sometimes when they see one person who comes from the north they don't care if it's the middle belt so long as your name comes with you know your name looks Islamic they attribute you or whatever it is you're doing to that to people from the north so it is just like Henry said Nigeria has been caught across ethnic lines mm. so people people always look for an easy way out and when they look for an easy way out especially our politicians especially people who have public offices when they start looking for an easy way out, I think it's easy for them to just tag a group of people as something. Now, even if he was going to tag these people, if you say the Southeast boys mm. or boys from the Southeast, because we know, we all know in Abuja that these people are the most dominant set of people in this area, it would have made a lot of sense and it would be, it would be very professional on this part. But as, a, as somebody who came, who, is, who represents the Nigerian legal system, coming out to, to represent the, the to tag these people as Biafran boys. So it only it only shows, it portrays what the kind of conversations and how these people are being tagged within their meetings and whatever it is, behind closed doors, how they see these people. Mm. So they don't see them as Nigerians, they see them as Biafrans. Mm. And using such words is actually a very powerful thing. This this conversation shouldn't doesn't even it doesn't have to end here. It's something that has to go beyond here because the Code of Conduct Bureau, um, Code of Conduct Tribunal Chairman has actually aired. They seriously, seriously committed a huge blunder by calling a group of Nigerians. This means he doesn't see them as himself. Hmm. This means he doesn't see them as Nigerians. That being aside, that being said, you also call them miscreants. So you consider a particular extraction, ethnic extraction in this country as Biafran boys. And if you consider them Biafran boys, you also consider them miscreants hmm. because from all of the statements, everything you've read, I didn't see, I didn't hear of a place where they stole, they seized his phone. I didn't hear of a place where they punctured his tire. I didn't hear of a place where they, where they took his car keys they or anything. They the true sharp objects oh, the true, the car the true sharp injured his hand. Okay, the true sharp object into the car, inside the car. Yeah, after he had after, assaulted. Okay, okay, that's in defense, in defense, in defending themselves yeah. after he had already assaulted them. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's simple. Yeah. 
Hey, there's something, sorry, yeah. if, just before you go, there's something I want to add to this, yeah? I think we should stop being cowardly. And when I say you know, we, I mean all of us who are young people in Nigeria. You see a lot of these things happen mm. and people get away with them. It is either the police doing it or some big man somewhere, or in this case, Ganladi. What are the onlookers doing? Do you understand? We should get these people to understand that you hurt one of us, you hurt all of us. Do you understand? Uh, when, I think we're getting wise as well because if somebody that took up, if someone did not record this, so, so I'm, I, 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 I'm happy that someone recorded it, but someone should have thrown something on Danladi at that point. <laughs> I'm not joking. Right, no, 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 no. Okay, okay. Let me let me explain. Yeah, this, be, let me let me explain yeah. what I mean. Let yeah, me explain what I mean. So, so if the police had not held Danladi back, supposing you saw the, the the video, you saw that 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 security guard at one point was kneeling down and begging, yeah, yeah. and Danladi was throwing his kicks. And at one point, a slap landed before the security guard stood up and moved back. Yeah. If the police and the people there had not held down Ladi back, what would, have, what would Danali have done? What would every other policeman? I agree. I agree. You know what, sir? Sir, what I'm saying is, the our officials need to learn to fear us. The only way they would learn to fear us is when we do not leave that person who is being oppressed to the mercy yeah, of his oppressors. Do you do you know why? Do you know why? Do you know why? Do you know why I agree with him? the person. Bind it. Do if you they know, are tied, if they are tied, so, like I wanted to ask you a question, though. Please, sorry. Yeah. One, one, before, before we continue, why I would agree with what he's saying is, mm. I, I do not, I do not prefer. Exactly. I'm agreeing with agree. the, I'm agreeing with the fact that the people in Nigeria will have to defend themselves, not just against against criminals, but even against political office holders, if, if they, they, they come off as threatening to the people. And I'll mm. tell you why. When he said this, I thought he was advocating for violence, but I was going to say that. There are legal ways to go about this. But that is the law. That is the legal way fighting you now. This is somebody from the code of court. This is a judge. Mm. So it shows that we don't even have trust in the judicial system anymore. If a judge, this is the law that you're supposed to be using to fight. But it is the law that is fighting you. That lady is supposed to be the law. He's fighting you. The police officers who came in there are the law. Mm. And they weren't doing anything. So when the people lose confidence in the law, what do you expect them to do? To take up arms and defend themselves. Um, so moving on. You guys heard about the whole governor wiki thing, you know. So the governor of River State, yes, some wiki made a pledge to support or to gift the artists that came to perform at um, Bonner Boy's homecoming concert in the state. So after Bonner Boy won a Grammy Award, all wiki could do was to do a homecoming concert for him. That was a problem for me already, you know. So he did not just do a concert where he spent a lot of money. He also promised to give each artist, all the artists that performed, I don't have the total numbers, you know, 10 million naira each. And on Wednesday, the River State Commissioner uh, for the Ministry of um, Culture and Tourism, Tony Briggs, in a statement revealed that the governor's pronouncement has been carried out. And this is after the social media backlash because there's a lot of social media conversation when um, it was announced that Governor Wiki was going to be giving all the artists 10 million. There was the talk of him not paying workers' salaries, which is not just very relevant to me. You know, the fact that he's even giving any money is even a problem for me. Um, the statement reads, 
The River State government has made good its promise to give 10 million naira to each of the performing artists who participated in the Bonaboy Homecoming State Reception concert in Portacot last Saturday. The accounts of the beneficiaries have been credited as directed by the governor. And as you know, the governor is a man of his word and he has redeemed his pledge. This is what the statement I'm like, <laughs> what kind of statement is this? So, um, what do we think about this culture? Because it has become a culture right now. You see people go to Big Brother Niger, even the winners that won um, millions, tens of millions of naira. You know, they go back to their states, they have this grand reception, they have cash donations, land donations, not by private individuals, but by the government, by the governors. You know, giving 10 million naira each, aside the money that is spent to, to, to do concerts and the state is still lacking in some areas. They are saying you have not paid teacher salary. All the roads have not been sorted out in Portacot or in River State. Everywhere has not been developed. Where is he getting this money to give out and why do we have this culture? Do you support this kind of culture? Because oh, the boy already has money. These artists already have money. What? I'll wait into this. this. Okay, go on. Ah. Um, yeah. um, firstly, when, when people talk about Taco most times, talk real estate, they get very passionate about it because... Yeah, man, it doesn't just have to be real estate. It, it could be Ogun it State. I don't care No, no, wait, 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 with this you particular, know? with this particular yeah. thing, it's real estate and it's where I come from. So I, I, I will not talk, not, I won't talk because I'm attached to the state. I'll talk because I'm very aware about things, about the happenings in the state. Um, <clears throat> firstly, I see nothing wrong in celebrating accomplishment, if you ask me. Yeah. I see nothing wrong in celebrating accomplishment. Um, it could be accomplishments in sports entertainment. If it's being celebrated, I see nothing wrong. Secondly, River State, if you know River State very well, River State is a state that, if I ask you right now, which state is the most, um, which state has the most restive set of people or restive, which state is undergoing the most um, problematic times right now with, um, cultism and the rest of them in the south you will definitely see Portacot, River State, everybody points Portacot it is like, it is almost the um, Bornu of the south right now because there's so much cultism and this started since way back 1999 by what, the, one of the old administration mm -hmm. now the former governor, the former former government that's the first government from 1999 empowered Odilis government thank you, empowered the people with what? empowered the youth with what? with weapons that was when cultism not when cultism started in university, but that was when cultism moved effectively from the universities to the streets. Can I add allegedly? Now, you say you empowered them with weapons. Um, okay, I'll tell you, for election purposes, um, River State was known, notorious for um, having youths um, participate radically in politics, in election, electionary process. So this was what was, this was, what was known from between 2000, 1999 and 2003, this was like a norm in River State. And now here we have a governor whom um, wants to celebrate somebody for his accomplishments. I see nothing wrong because you say these artists have money. You could, as you put allegedly and everything, I think you should put allegedly there too because you don't know exactly how this artist, how much this artist grows. You don't know. Even if they don't have money, well, wait, I'm, coming. The I'm coming. I'm coming. Yes, yes. The state has the state has a statutory ministry of tourism that is 
that is um, what's it called that is vested with such responsibility. Mm -hmm. So if the governor came out to support these artists, which are all that happens to be youth, that happens to be youth too. Now he's promoting, he's taking these people from violence to entertainment. So some of the old administrations only empowered violence. This one is empowering. Mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes. Sorry, on, not empowered violence. On, some of the old administrations, the first I'm Odinese administration, gave arms to people. Allegedly. Allegedly gave arms to the people in River City, so youth in, in River State. And called them, no, no, I'm coming. No, I'm not com I'm not saying that. We used to have what they call Canny Reeve, which started way back in say 2000, 2000 between 2007 and 2008. We had Canny Reeve. That's the carnival of River State. It was actually something we um we actually so something we borrowed from the question, the from question, cross river state. I'm coming. This is, is entertainment. I'm giving my reasons why I support. support. I support yeah. and I'm giving my reasons why I support. Yeah. So now you are trying to encourage tourism. You're trying to encourage entertainment by empowering these people with 10 million naira. If he doesn't... Each. each, yes. And it doesn't matter because if he doesn't spend 10 million naira on entertainment, the money will still be spent some other way. Somebody will take it and not, most definitely not through the right so, process. So do you give a damn if he has paid his um, workers or teacher salary or not? I believe there's a commission for that. There is this if you when when the state's when the state's budget is being drawn out, hmm. there is money for there's so money, money for tourism. Budgeted. It has to be budgeted. So, if he did so, it, so, so first of all, wait, you forget something. You forget something. Let me take you aback because Wiki released a statement. So go ahead and read a statement. Go ahead and read. He said those of you who have come to play whatever you have agreed with the ministry of culture and tourism is not my business okay so apparently if the ministry of culture and tourism have worked on their own budget based on what they have because they didn't plan that bonaboy was going to win any award that they were going to do this kind of concept he said this is not my business all of you have come today and the niger delta people that have come to play today to show the talent you have. I am very proud of you. All of you will go home with 10 million naira each. Aside now, from whatever the Ministry of Culture and Tourism in River State had set aside to pay this. Was people. the governor transparent? I don't care. He promised 10 million naira. He and said he it, it, it is already. an issue today because he came out and said he's giving 10 million naira. Other gov listen, 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 Other, right listen. Listen, no, no, no. As far as I'm concerned, the governor was transparent. He claimed he did. He, he brought out the money, and we all saw it. He's giving it. He's giving it to them. He was transparent. Everybody saw this. If if anybody has a problem with him, I think the state has a legislature. The state has an assembly. If they have a problem with what he did, if what he did is wrong, there is a statutory um, arm of government in the state that could take it up with him. And if they are not doing it, I don't think it is for people. It is for people from. I mean peaceful areas, people who aren't promoting tourism and who don't see the need to promote tourism in other states, complain about the promotion of tourism in River State. There is no nightlife in River State. River State used to be known as, it, as the garden city, for crying out loud. This is tourism. This is tourism. What else could be, what else could be tourism? Entertainment. Is, is tourism not, is entertainment not tourism? There are ways to encourage these people than to spend money that we don't have. Well, this because is a start. we don't have money. Well, this is a start. Can I, can this I wait? This is a start. Let me give you an example. Like in, in, um, in America, when yes. you do idols, you know, mm -hmm. they get to a certain point in time, they mm -hmm. have homecomings. Okay. I never hear that during these homecomings, the governors of the states are involved. 
even if they're involved, the most they do is to name a street after them. Okay. Then they go to their schools where they grew up to, to encourage them there, you okay. know, to let them know this is where I've come, uh, come to right now. I've won a Grammy, I, I schooled in this place to encourage you that you can do better, you can do whatever. You know, but I don't see Idols. where the government, even America that is a greater country than the examples. Nigeria, where the government is giving them cash the, money. The examples you just gave are Idols, X Factor and the rest of them. These are reality shows that are being organized by private individuals. Now, this particular concept was being organized by the state no, government. Government. The Grammy Award was not organized by the state government. What's the business of the state government with the Grammy Award? Just like, just like you have sports, you have entertainment. If, if people, if Nigerian sports, if Nigerian sportsmen go outside and accomplish things, the presidency gives them houses. We've seen this happen over and over in Nigeria. They give them things. They give them awards. Now, this is a state trying to honor, trying to celebrate someone who comes from the states and someone who comes from one of the most troubled local government Bonaboy comes from Ahoda, a place i've been to a place where the governor's wife comes from and still has one of the worst records i'm Ahoda is just about how many kilometers from omok omok Ahoda, these are two local governments that are about the most troubled local governments in river state Bonaboy came from comes from there he as a person with his accomplishment encourages the people from that place and you said the, the state government has chosen to accomplish to celebrate them and it's wrong because he's giving out 10 10 million naira to youth that are from River State, that live in River State, a money that will still be circulate, that will still circulate within the state. But he I don't see anything wrong with that. Used to pay teachers. Now there is, there is, there is, there is education. See, there is state education as a separate thing. Please maintain there is, energy. There is, no, there is. Listen, listen. I don't care what the Ministry of Education or whatever has for you guys. I see, am giving you, you know the thing. You know, you know what you're doing right now. You are, you are, you are comparing. You're comparing. A particular ministry in the states to another ministry now if you're talking about tourism focus on tourism if the governor hasn't paid teachers it is completely wrong and teachers will have to take it up with the national assembly okay. and with all the bodies that are concerned we have to to this you know because me i don't agree twenty thousand dollars twenty thousand dollars for performing i don't think there's any artist that makes 10 million in one performance but that's not the that's not the main issue. Well, 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 you should you should you should confirm because you're completely wrong with that. Where we're we are, very, where very we are, wrong where we are fighting, what we are fighting is entrenched poverty mentality, and I see this because when people gather themselves and go to a politician's house, mm. they get thank you for coming. When journalists go to an event to cover a show. They get brown envelopes. Thank you for coming. Allegedly, not all governors do. When yeah, allegedly. when artists go out and win awards for themselves by themselves, they come back and they get thank you for the coming. Other participants and winners. Everybody that they are, and the funny thing is that what you're getting is personal. I, I I heard Houston try to play it as tourism and stuff for. Reversity, but it doesn't work like that. If we are being realistic, it doesn't work like that. Now, VK belongs to a group of politicians that the earlier we do away with them, the better we are. We want politicians who understand the knock-on effect of particular actions. You get what I'm saying? Now, if you wanted to stimulate growth in River State, if you are trying to inspire the young ones to be like them, set up a music school. Use that money to set up a music school in River State. Encourage them. Go and get your drums. Go and get your guitar. Whatever it is that you can play, come and play it here. Come and learn it. But we are not thinking like that. We don't have leaders like that. Now, Wiki belongs to the same political party as I do. 
And before this administration, this current one that is from the other party, came mm. on board, we could tell that what WIKE did is a very PDP thing. PDP likes to do that kind of thing. Now, Buhari came in with his Akagom and what, 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 and he doesn't have that kind of... The people don't even go to the villa again to say, God, see this is. You understand That's what I'm saying? Thing, it's a good thing yeah. in one regard. If, if, if it was that the money, the presidency is saving that money and using it for other things would we'll celebrate. Yeah, yeah. But on this case, the, the presidency not doing it yeah. and Wiki doing it puts them even on the same on the same level. You get, but this is the kind of thinking that we should break away from as quickly as possible. As as young Nigerians, there's nothing we will gain from getting free money from these people. There's nothing we will gain. We will not develop in any way. We may be able to afford a few things for ourselves, but the whole idea of creating wealth, sir, is grounded in hard work, is grounded in knowledge, understanding, practice, and all of that. Giving me 10 million, $20,000 is not going to help me get out of yeah. poverty. And the people that you have given do not necessarily need it. You, they do not need it. You have not told them that, no, this is your stake in so-so-so project that government is doing. This is what I want you to do. This is how you can inspire these people. No, you are saying, throw money at it. That's what we do with all our, all our problems, isn't it? I mean, my, my own argument, though, I feel like if you are governing a state, mm -hmm. a state that you have not sorted out all the problems, there's no free money. I don't believe that there's okay, free money. Okay. There's no extra money. Okay, what's you know, there are things to do in this state. What's this money? There are, there are things to do. There's health sector that is suffering badly. There are roads, villages, um, that still in that place that need to be developed. You know, there, people still need free education. Was, was all of you these know, problems? All of these problems are there. All of these problems, we know. Yes, they're there. Now I'm asking like a question. You call it. There's something. There's something I have. There's something I have a problem with. Yeah. You guys say free money, free money, free money. Did these people perform before they got paid? Or did they get paid before they got performed? Sorry, before they performed? This was not their fees. See, no, 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 no. There's some, no, listen, there's something. Calm down. There's something you do. There's something you guys have been saying that's completely wrong. You say free money, free money, free money. See, he said, I don't think there's an artist that's been paid $20,000. 20, $20, that's an issue here. See, yeah. Chris Brown said for a feature he gets $2,000. I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. Make your research before you, no, make your research. Calm down, listen now, calm down. Make your research and find out how much whiskey takes for a show. How much whiskey takes for a feature. People take as much as 50K for a verse. This is entertainment. This is entertainment. Secondly, secondly, he's saying these people do not necessarily need it. My brother, would you get 10 million naira right now and say you don't need it? Who, who told you they don't need it? They say, there's a saying that says, no, there's a saying that anything money cannot solve, more money can solve it. See, people have this mentality. I might not necessarily have this mentality. They might have this mentality. You can't judge them. You're not in their accounts, please. Um, can we move on to our next topic now? Very well, you can move on to this. Uh, so on Thursday, reports emerged that the whereabouts of a former governor of the Central Bank of Nigeria, Professor Chukuma Soludo, was unknown as in the early hours of, of Thursday. After gunmen attacked him and killed some members of his security detail, the incident reportedly happened at his hometown in um, Anambra State. Yeah. Um, so, um, an eyewitness disclosed after the attack, and I quote, he said three policemen were shot dead at the meeting. So there was a meeting and the media aide of, um, Professor Soludo also reacted saying, I cannot confirm the whereabouts of Professor Soludo. Let me add that. 
in the evening yesterday on Thursday evening um, Soludo released a statement so we can confirm his whereabouts right now yeah because today is Friday you know but I'm looking at it from the point we talked about insecurity last week we we're talking about the attack on the governor of Benue State and coming to this week as well we have an attack on a former CBN governor who is running for the governorship um, election in Anambra State Mm -hmm. And during the attack, three policemen were killed. They attached to him. You know, the police, the police actually said something. I don't know if I have what the police um, said. Yeah, the police released a statement. I found this very funny. The um, Anambra State Police Public Relations Officer said this. The incident happened, but I am still gathering information about the incident. They are only still gathering. And the police has not given any updates as to what happened till now. So this is another broad light meeting. Police were overpowered because policemen were killed. They're supposed to be protecting this man. You know, even if he doesn't even have any protection, how could he be attacked in broad daylight again? You know, and three people killed successfully. And this man had to go into hiding because he did not know what was happening until he came out yesterday evening and released a statement and narrated what happened. What's wrong with our law enforcement agency? What are we doing? Why is the insecurity getting so bad by the day? Why people can come out? These guys have not been caught. They're still on the loose. You know? Please react to this, Mr. Houston. Okay, um, before I react to this, I want to ask you, why is Soludo's issue that part? Why, why are you particular about Soludo? I'm not particular about this, but this happened. It's a prominent figure. This okay. was a national I like discourse. what you just said now. I'll yeah. quote you with that. I'll quote you on that. Mm -hmm. It's a prominent figure. Now, yes. let me tell you what happened last week. Boko Haram attacked the Yobe community on Monday, 22nd mm -hmm. March. Police officer got shot during the Ekiti State by-election. Gunmen killed two staff of Federal Polytechnic Kaura and abducted one woman. Yeah. Um, um, what's it called? 25 people got killed in broad daylight yes. evening in Ebony State. A girl was found dead inside a gutter in Enugu. Yes. These are things that happen every day in this country. Every. We're just time, singling out this one. For the first time, it is happening to Soludo. Some weeks ago, it happened to Governor Autumn. See, insecurity is enshrined right now, whether we like it or not, it is enshrined in this country. The law enforcement agents need to get to work. I told you the other time, I was still giving them time. Something that has not happened in a very long time happened recently over the week. I don't know if you heard of it. What's that? The, um, the chief, uh, what's it called? Um, um, heads of service. Mm. They had a meeting yesterday that, that ended yesterday at Cameroon with the Cameroon heads of service. So we don't really know what these people are working on. Excuse so I'm, I still hold on to the fact that I still hold on to the fact that this we've changed the heads of service in Nigeria right now. They've been here for barely a month plus or two. They're going oh, to two the months. Security chief. I think, so that's what you're talking about. Yes, yeah, yeah, they're the, the heads of service, chief. security chief. Yeah. yeah. So I think we should still give them time to figure out where. What direction or what approach do we need to take? We should give them time. You know what I'm saying? We should give them time. We should be dying while we're giving them time. Are we supposed to be carrying out the same measures? They need to re-strategize, and I believe that's what they are doing at this point. We've done away with the old one, the old ones. What we have right now are people who are bent on, I wouldn't say bent on fighting, um, fighting terrorism and um, insecurity in Nigeria, but these are people who are bent on, um, are bent on bringing out, bringing new approach to. Into, to fighting to countering insecurity in Nigeria. So I've seen something that I was impressed with. When, when I got the topic yesterday, I was really pondering about it. But then I realized also that for the first time, I, I've seen the heads of service hold, a, hold meetings with 
heads of service of other countries, of neighboring countries that are going through the same insecurity that we are going through. So we don't really know what they're driving, what they're going to, what results they're going to come with, but I think we should still give them time. Okay. But with regards to um, holding on to particular important people, man, I think it, no, it happens just, to everybody. We just bring this up to highlight that insecurity is still very paramount. We can't talk about all the killings that are going on, you know? What's your reaction to Soludo getting attacked in broad daylight? I'm just going to try and build on my arguments from and three policemen killed and overpowered. I think that's even like these are security officers I'm now. Going to build, I'm going to build on my argument from past episodes, you know. Okay. We discussed um, the number of personnel that we have, whether they were enough or not, you know. And on that as well. I think it was please, on your side. Please, well. please, please, please. <laughs> We've just lost three Nigerian policemen. Yes, very sad. And most likely, there were probably more than three hmm. in Soludo security detail. This is the election period. So, if we are recruiting more, we are recruiting more people that cannot defend themselves or defend or protect people that they are supposed to protect, people who cannot do their jobs, basically. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, our focus, I, I, like how, I like how Houston highlighted the fact that there, there have been other yeah. um, occurrences mm -hmm. with respect to breaching security and whatnot across the country. We are, getting, we are getting to the point where we realize, as I've said before, that nobody is safe. Mm. We are getting to the point where we realize that <laughs> it, it may, let me not use will or may happen, mm. but if anything happens to you in Nigeria, Sal, nobody can protect you, nobody can get justice for you. That is the situation where we are today. Now, I used, I, I mentioned autumn, I, uh, um, the, I, when we talked about autumn, I was explaining that if you attack someone at that level, it means that everybody under him is fair game. Hmm. Do you understand? Soludo is most likely going to be the next governor of Anambra State. <laughs> They've already pegged him. They've already pinged him. Now we don't know They're who we don't, we don't know who who has done this. Mm. Do you understand? And the, the the police in the state say they are still trying to know who has done it. Mm. So this tells you that the training that they need to be able to know these things they don't have. The equipment that they need to be able to do these things, they don't have. So why do we need 50,000 or 50 million uh, um, new security personnel? We don't need that many. Wow. But what do you think needs to be done? What do you think the security agencies need to do to secure us as a people and make us feel safe? Because you keep saying it's getting to a point where we all have to protect ourselves. So and that's not what is supposed to be the case because we have security operatives, you there's, know, we have there's security always, agencies. With respect to security, it's like science there's always a procedure, yeah? There's, the training is very, very important. Mm. Sensitization of the public as well, very, very important. How many of us know the emergency number to call if there's a problem right now? The three of us who are sitting here, do we know the emergency number to call? Do we have? We actually do have. You see, now, so if things are being done half-heartedly, if there's no sincerity of purpose from the, from the leadership side, look, I don't believe that Nigeria's security challenges are so insurmountable. If there's sincerity of purpose, if you say, listen, I don't care what you think you're doing, I want this problem solved or halved in the next three months, and you mean it, you stay on your, if you give someone in your, in your newspaper now work to do, you stay on their neck, they finish that work, they submit it, if it's not good enough, you take it, you give it back to them. Where is that happening? 
Probably we need a structure. And what's happened to intelligence gathering? Yeah, do we we have an intelligence agency? Yes, we do. That's the, yeah. the GSS. I think. So I think I should just I think I should just leave it here. Yeah. I think I should just leave okay, it here. Anyway. I want to sleep in my house tonight. All right, let's <laughs> let's move on to our next topic. Yeah. Um, the Inspector General of Police this is an interesting one. Mohammed Abdamu on Wednesday commissioned the Nigeria Police Radio 99.1 FM. He described it as a legacy project and said, among other things, that this will help in bringing the police closer to the people. He revealed that the Nigeria Police Radio Station will also air phone-in programs to involve the citizens in the security of their localities, especially on ways to spot and report crimes and other necessary steps to take in event of a crime or security emergency. So the I got this statement on Wednesday. Uh, I looked at it. I'm like, what are these guys trying to do? But looking at it very critically and being very objective, you know, and looking at what the IG wrote in the statement, you know, bringing this avenue where the people in the local communities can relate closer to the police. Like we have to look at it from a positive point of view still. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Because I've not heard about this in any country. So I don't know where they talked about this. Apparently he has a new team now and they're thinking about ways. These are efforts. Why are you guys laughing though? Yeah. So me and I tried imagine there's a radio station that you could call right now and talk to and let them know. Okay, this is Anyway, Mr. Justin, please, can you what, you, what do you think about this move right now? The IG creating this radio <laughs> to be closer to the people in communities where they can communicate with them in a big like crime. You know, do you think this is a good move? Um, yeah. <clears throat> if I would have said it was a welcome development, but then them saying it's as a beat to bring the police closer to the people. Mm. Over air, on air, we bring it like on air. Because <laughs> so we talked about intelligence gathering. Right? Intelligence gathering. We, we've had we've had situations where we've had situations where um, the military said the uh, the military in Borno State at some point said the community people weren't weren't um, giving information to them. They were not being um, cooperative. Mm -hmm. They were not cooperating. That's why this bad this. Um, Boko Haram were coming, this was in 2014, this is why these people were coming in, the way they were coming in and doing all that they wanted to do and everything. The people started to communicate with the military. Later we started hearing that the military was, in, was How they involved with these people. Them? When they notice anybody from their place, like when you have somebody in your community in Brunei State who isn't being, um, you, you can't tell his whereabouts, he started having some very funny Demeanor, he's always going to places, yeah, he doesn't like, tell his parents. means of um, communication? Did they have like a radio? Or oh, they have, they, they have, they, they set up, they, they set up, in my, in my degree, they set up a few military bases. So mm -hmm. they asked that the people, the parents of, once you have grown up kids, adult kids, and that stay with you, and they start acting differently, they start going on, on trips that you don't know anything about, they start being secretive, and start acting ra radical, report them to the military. So the military will probably psychoanalyze them, know if these people are joining this sex and all that, because mm -hmm. They have that they have they have it on record that many of the youths in some places who couldn't withstand the pressure had to join mm. the Boko Haram people. Yeah. So we had situations where information gathering has actually been useful and hasn't really been used like 
it's never it always ends up in how do I put it like it's always ends up unsuccessful hmm. with with fighting insecurity early in this administration we had the what's it called um, we had the whistleblowing thing we well know how that ended up so if it's as a means to be to bring the police closer to the people first of all I think the police is close enough to the people now if so, it's oh, local oh, communities oh they all have police stations what do you hear whenever it happens they empty overpower the police people so I would have actually I would have actually said it was a welcome development if the information that they will get on radio will be acted upon mm. but then I know severally we have situations of of we have several situations of when Nigerians have reported things to the police station saying something over phone call to the to, to, to police on radio tell me is it more effective than running to a police station and calling the policeman to come and help you so I really would say it's it's, it's supposed to have been a welcome development, but it is not going to help in this situation. No, but you're just laughing. The IG the IGP should introduce me to his dealer. It's not possible. I have a few questions yeah. here. So you don't see wait, 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 wait. I don't yeah. want us to just answer this thing like because we don't even if you don't like the government in power, no, it's not about not like very it. critical. And that's that's know, that's critical. what I that's what I want to try to do. Is this going to do something? We have. Is, we have is, is this going to do something? No, it won't. We so have. This is a waste of money. Yes, I, let me ask my questions. We have seven hundred and seventy-four local governments in Nigeria. Yeah. Will the Nigeria Police establish a radio station in all of them? I don't know how this is going to work. Though. Okay. Because it's so, some states. People already say they use 99.1 so, already. So where thing. where we are now, if you go to a police station and report a crime, <laughs> this was I was laughing. They say they don't have petrol. Yeah, what will happen? What will happen yeah. when <laughs> when 12 or 13 people are? <laughs> <laughs> What oh, happened when so many? What oh, happened when so many people are reporting yeah, crimes at the same time? Yeah. Do you think uh, these people don't have good things they're advising them? Because I, somebody actually. I think they are dull. Advice. I think they are dull. I think they are really, really dull. Do you get? I the think our leadership, our leadership, they're really, they're wow. really dull. Because I, uh, okay, on our way here, we were we were discussing something, and one one of the explanations that came up was that what you don't know. You can't recognize. Do you understand? If you are not aware of something, if you don't have knowledge about that thing, you will not be aware of that thing. Mm. So if you don't know that your, 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 your thinking is stupid, you will not know people, you will not understand people's reaction to your, to your thinking. So they're in this bubble where, think, yeah, let's, let's look for the next thing that will wow, wow our, our ogre. They come up. So. That's, that's the only way you can explain it. Because if you're coming up with a structure or a kind of intervention that's supposed to checkmate crime, how do you come up with radio stations for the love of God? How do you settle for radio stations and announce it? To, to educate the people there as to how to spot crimes? No, sir, I don't think the people have a problem spotting crimes. I think the people don't have enough room to report the crime or have enough confidence in the people who are supposed to fight the crime to actually do their job. So we are in Abuja here. Think about the bandits that come to, uh, um, what do they call it, to uh, communities in Niger, in Zamfara, in Katsina State. Where, 
there was a period in was it in Kaduna also where people were being houses were being marked because they said so so and so person spoke to the authorities. So you want what is the practicality of this that you are in your house you can hear the radio you see that oh okay crime is happening and then you carry your phone and you call because you are the only one that has the radio. But the bandits, where their team is, then they don't have 99.1. They cannot reach 99.1. So only you will now report the crime to Nigeria police on radio. Anyway, let's be serious, Abek. Let's be serious. So the Senate Minority Leader, Senator Eni Naya Abare, on Wednesday, in an interview on Channel's Television's Politics Today, said that nobody including government officials and the service chiefs, takes President Muhammad Buhari seriously, sorry. He Thank said, you. and I quote, I'm just going to read the whole quote, God. Why would we take him seriously? Referring to the president. Just the day after he had said we would no longer accept all these kidnappings, this would be the last they kidnapped the last day. I took note of that as well. Um, and those people are still there, referring to the, I, I think, the last kidnap in <coughs> Kaduna. 39 students in Kaduna School of Forestry yeah. in um, captivity. And those people are still there. Those innocent Nigerians are still in captivity up till now. He always makes a statement um, referring to the president. Every time these things happen, nothing happens. So. It is obvious nobody takes him seriously with that. Even the military chiefs, I do not think they bother themselves. Wow. This is about the opt-in time that we are hearing the president giving a marching order. Throughout the Burutai time as a chief of army staff, he was always giving marching orders, so he has given just one, another one, referring um, to the... Uh, Anyway, referring to the security meeting the, the president held with the heads of uh, security before he left the country. So, Senator Abarebe is saying nobody takes President Muhammad Boy serious. That's a very deep statement. <coughs> this is it's true. true, no? You think that's true? I, in the, <coughs> in the last... Sure. He said nobody, but remember after the, after the Lekki incident and the president gave a speech and all Nigerians we didn't brown, we backed out, we went to sleep, there was no protest again. You don't remember that speech after the No, I remember election. I remember you know, what you're talking about. That speech and all, there was no protest again. So we were scared. Me, I was scared. I was, no, sir, I felt defeated. Sir, we were not we were not afraid of the president. <laughs> the president we are afraid of the now, we were afraid mean, of the boots and the guns. Uh, That's what we're afraid of, not the president. The so so if you look at news headlines or if you look at if you monitor additional and Shehu, Every time there's, a, there's an occurrence like this, kidnappings or bandits killing and whatnot, hear what they, what they always say. The president is shocked. <laughs> the president, is, the only words that they've not used is, uh, uh, <laughs> what was the word? Thrilled. That's the only one I think they've not used. Yeah, actually, but the reason. He, statement and he said this is the last time. I actually believed it. I took it. Why would you, you know? believe it? No, like I so, to, I so, to, this same I'm man said, no, it's, I, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Your optimism is probably misplaced. If somebody says I'll end in Boko Haram in six months, <clears throat> and after four years, Boko Haram has not ended, 
and the person keeps talking that the, that the Boko Haram is technically defeated. Everybody can see everything that is going on. Banditry, everything is getting worse. Who would take you seriously? Who would? So, but looking at what Mr. Houston was saying earlier, mm. talking about the new security chiefs, where, where you were saying you want to give them time, you believe with the move that they made recently with the meeting with um, the security um, chiefs in Cameroon, you believe, you know, because after this meeting, he gave them a matching order. He told them to get all the sponsors of Boko Haram and, 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 and catch all the criminal elements in the country, you know? So I believe they were taking action, but Senator Abarebe says nobody listens to the president. Harry Okoye is saying nobody is listening. So are these activities in futility? Um, when, <clears throat> when, when Senator Abarebe says, I've told you this before, I said this in one of my last um, speech and my or comments in the last episode. I said, when a politician is saying something, yes, you take it with a pinch of salt. Now, with things like this, we know so Abaribe. No, I know, okay, I know. No, no, I'm talking, I'm talking oh, of Abaribe now, okay. this particular thing. If Abaribe is saying this, he's saying the right thing, but at the same time, there's a political undertone to it. And I'll tell you now, I'll break it down for you now. Why I said he's saying the right thing is for you to say that nobody takes the president seriously, it's not so far fetched. Severally, the president, like Henry Kwa said, the president has said um, so many things. Mm. Like, not so many things, he said so many words that we know of, like, I am dissatisfied. I mourned with these people. I commiserated these people. I am shocked at this happening. These are not active statements. We know, we've heard this over and over and over. So sometime in 2018, I remember when a minister in the president's cabinet came out and said, the president does not even read the papers. He really doesn't care. This was Amechi, the minister of transport said this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have this on record that he said this. So um, if somebody that close to the president can say the president doesn't read papers, Obviously, I mean, how else do you take the president seriously? So Abaribe wouldn't be completely, he wouldn't be entirely wrong to say the president, should, nobody takes him seriously because clearly we've tried him in the past and we've not really seen that action. Now with this marching order that the president said he has given, or they said the president has given, um, I think people will take him more seriously if he comes back and ask, if he comes back and ask for results and not um, drafted reports. He comes back and says, what have you acted on? Let me see this thing. Hmm. Then people will take him seriously. Now, why I said, uh, when you, someone you, like Senator Abari will still take him seriously if he does that now? I do not believe that this is just the eyes that now, now, he has not done that for five to six years. Now, if he starts doing that, not just coming to do born and letting, and letting go, if he comes and does that, and it becomes a part of him, you give things, you give marching orders, you implement it, you make sure these things are working, then we might start taking him seriously. Now, with Senator Arabaribe, he's of course from the opposition and he will definitely say anything to yeah, you know, no, 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 the president. I, I, I want to, sorry, I want to, I want to, I want to even wait. I want so there's, there's, yeah. when it's coming from a politician. Yeah, but when the politician says something, you know, we can look at it as political, but we can still look and see what yeah, that's, that's why I said, that's why I said, yeah. I will take it with a pinch of salt. Now, listen, there is, a pol when it's, see, I don't trust politicians. I don't think you trust politicians. We know politicians. So a politician will come out and say what people will say to get favor. We know that. Yeah, we can still look and look at what's been happening and say is what he's saying true or not because we're still living in the country. If we if we use yeah, so if we use Houston's metrics now, what Lawan said about having too few personnel, 
can also be looked at politically. She? Sorry, not Ndume. Yeah. Now, we need to realize that this is an administration that has suppressed any form of criticism from any... Do you remember the Jonathan years? Do you remember how there were so many critics across board in almost every office, even in government offices? Do you remember? Today, you do not have lawmakers that can openly and what do they call it, openly criticize government policies or government, government actions. What Abaribi is doing and what he has been doing for a period of time is standing up to speak up against the, the bully and against the bad governance that we, are, that we are suffering in this country. Whether Abaribi is from Abga, whether he's from APC, wherever he is, we are counting him as one of the people who has had the courage, even in this time so where... what is actually even on Exactly. You know, exactly. We, the president, we don't really see exercising his authority. So, the villa, the villa has become retirement home. That's what is happening. That's the reason why Nigeria is waiting. You called somebody is retiring and he's retiring at our own expense. He's retiring with taxpayers' money and doing just what he wants to do. There's you, no you, government. You know, no you know why you wouldn't compare his you know why you wouldn't compare Abaribe's comments with Alin Dume? Alin Dume comes from Yobe State or Borno State, one of these states. He comes from Borno State, I believe. No, 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 it matters, it matters. No, it matters. One senator has visited his place regularly and will probably be there this weekend. The other senator has not gone home because he doesn't have a home to go to. No, I am, I am only saying, no, I am saying, no, listen, I, I did not, I wasn't dismissive about what Abaribe said, but if you understand, if you, if you, if you can calm down and listen or revert back to what i said i yeah. said abaribe made a comment that we can that we can yes that we can all relate to but why i would take it with a pinch of salt is it is not coming from someone from the civil society it's coming from a politician this is these are politicians that we've tried see i don't trust politicians at all on any level senate anything any level do you understand what i'm saying but why i can understand what Alin Dume is. Alin Dume comes from Borno State. This man doesn't have a home anymore. No, we're not even talking about Alin Dume. So that's why, no, he mentioned Alin Dume and I need to clarify that. No, you don't need to clarify anything. I need to clarify that. that. You don't need to clarify anything that I've said if you do not understand the crux of what I'm saying. This is a government that you cannot criticize. That's what I'm saying. Anybody who will who we have to stand, raise well, a banner and say, listen, you are doing so so and so thing wrong. You are doing so so and so thing wrong. Clearly, everything needs to be political. It's not political. Me, it's not house, political. Sitting now and looking at the way the country is run. You can I see. You see that nobody well, takes him seriously. Exactly. His officials don't take oh, well. him seriously. Because as oh, well. a leader, as a leader of an organization, as a leader of your company, you will know where your people when you give instructions so, you make sure it's so this is it i just wish that came from someone so, else this is anyway. a clear this is a clear example so it matters this is a clear example dino milai has been talking what was his statement the last time about dino milai i don't care what dino thank you said. you don't care because it's part of the reasons why part of the crux if, of if we our are problems he was apologizing the personal thing was apologizing the personal okay. whatever he didn't come and say something something different i think he's part of the bad whoever that's come out from africa in my opinion that's what I was saying. Anyway, let's move on. Um, so on Tuesday, President Buhari abandoned the poor medical infrastructure in Nigeria for the best medical services in London, United Kingdom. He is due to be back in the country in the second week of April, according to a statement from the presidency. So um, there are two, I broke this into two. You know, so the first part I would like you guys to react to right now. Um, since Warwick came into power, 
we have been used to him, he's the president, he's the leader, the one who leads us for us to follow. We talk about leadership by example, you know, so when we have the head of state, the number one citizen in the country, moving a certain way, setting a precedent mm. that's supposed to be bad, then I think there's a problem. I don't have a problem with him going for, I don't have a problem with him having medical checkup. So the question, the health of the president right now is not in question in this discourse to me. You know, but I'm like, why are we still, why is he still traveling abroad for mm. medical checkup? <coughs> and they could not hide this one. The president had to abandon Nigeria to go to London for the best medical care. Why could he not use the Azurok Hospital even? So that's to tell me, as a, as a reasonable smart man, that Azurok Clinic cannot provide good enough medical service for the president. That's a problem for me. You know, and we're just coming off, we're in the pandemic still. We all were here last year when we had to lock down. I was looking to see, I was even happy at some point. I was happy that, oh, this would make the government move, develop the health sector, build hospitals, because all of us are scared at this point in time. There's a virus that does not know class, does not know riches, does not know poverty. So I was really expecting and excited that we have great hospitals in Nigeria right now that these politicians cannot move. So if they cannot move on a normal day now, they will be compelled to move because of their own health and the health of their families. But this one year after, no hospital was built, nothing was restructured, no medical great services for what standard were provided. I don't know why. Why is the president still going to London for medical checkup? I, I, don't, I don't even know how to approach this, but I'll still bring it back to him that it's an indictment on himself and what he stands for. If there's any... that was preaching made in Nigeria, patronized by made in Nigeria, by no. made in Nigeria should include the health sector. So it, it's even beyond that. In Buhari's, part of Buhari's campaign, he mentioned that he would restrict travel of government government uh, from officials medical from medical tourism yeah and he has been the biggest beneficiary of it so some years ago i think two years or so ago um the first lady and her daughter zara buhari complained about that clinic in the villa you understand yes. what i'm saying now what this what this shows you is that i'm still going to link this to <clears throat> whether the president is taken seriously or not the first family complained about the clinic they're supposed to serve them. And years later, that clinic is still not good to serve any of them. Hmm. Now, the president, based on his integrity or whatever, can he tell us how much government taxpayers' money has been spent on his medical tourism? I think about seven or so since he came in. What am I saying seven? More than, more than seven since he, came into, uh, since he came into office. The reason why we are suffering whatever it is that we are suffering with respect to our health sector strikes. Yeah, I saw somebody that was uh, on Twitter, some guy was saying he took his um, wife and his, I think his wife and his neighbor's wife got into, went into labor at the same time. Yeah, in the course of the day yesterday and then he rushed them to the hospital only to find out that doctors are on strike. They had to go to a, a private hospital and they paid through their, through their nostrils. Now, the problem with the health sector in Nigeria is not just that 
welfare is poor. We do not have infrastructure either. We do not have equipment. So why, 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 why? It's the absence of leadership. No, it is the absence of leadership, sir. See, for things to actually change in a country like Nigeria, there are rules already. There's a structure already. There's a civil service, a bureaucracy, and everything is there. So it is the willpower of the leader that actually pulls that project from conception through the system to, to, for, for it to materialize. If you know that you can afford the best healthcare abroad, free of charge, would you, what's your business with going to build hospital? That's what's, that's what's happening with Buhari. So what, do you, what do you think can be done to stop this? It's just to get rid of this set of leaders. It is just to get rid of them. Like so we don't. don't... Need to pass any <clears throat> no, they, it's not about. It's not about. See. Because sometimes as human beings, I feel you need to compare us to the right. No, place. it's not about the law. We just saw the CCT's chairman break the law and assault another person. It's not Nigeria's problem. Is not law. It is about the people. It's about our mentality. We get to. We, we are on the road. There's 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 a, there's a traffic light. They tell us to stop. We believe that we can we we can keep driving. It is these little things. These are the things that we need a paradigm shift. We need as a people to realize that our mumu don't do. Do you understand? And for our mumu to do, we need to change the calendar of people that we pick from among us to represent us. Wow. Mr. Houston, do you want to react to the president still mm. ignoring the medical system he has put in place in Nigeria or left in Nigeria and going for the best one abroad? Why can he not give us the best here that he can patronize? Well, the problem is there. I think we've all seen the problem. My own problem is not even the medical traveling part. My problem is him traveling and not handing over power to the vice president. That's my only problem. So, I mean, one of his ministers came out yesterday and said there was nothing wrong with that. That uh, yeah, that's another. That's, that's yeah, that's another thing. But that's what really pains me. But with regards to him traveling, well, I think we just have to, we just have to, as a people, we need to observe. We need to know the kind of people we vote into place. Because I didn't vote for this presidency, so I really do not have much with regards to the, um, with regards to some of the things he's doing to say. Because the truth is, I never believed in any of these things. He was going to make stop people from traveling. He was going to help the health sector from the very beginning. I never believed in any of this because I don't think somebody grows up to learn how to use left. You have to use left from birth. So this is somebody who has been a president before. And I mean, we've tested him in this, in this country before I was even born. And I didn't hear about him fixing the health sector in his time, in that time. So I didn't think he was going to now do it now. So I never believed in any of this. So, so he, he, he doesn't surprise me, neither does it shock me. So it's for people who really believe so much in him for me. I mean, it's so just, what do you think, I just have to hope for whoever comes next. What can be done to stop this? With this particular administration, I think on the health sector part, I think it is incorrigible because people have been crying since the first term in office. Since his first time in office, this is the second term in office. People have been crying. So with regards to health, I think it's, I think the government is incorrigible. The government wouldn't take any of our advice, wouldn't take any of so our money. So give up. no hope. I, I, I honestly, I'm somebody who loves to share, who loves to um, sell hope to the people because mm -hmm. that's the only thing the common man can actually live on. But then with, with this, with this, to be very honest, I don't think there's really much we can do. We just need to work on who else we're going to vote in next with regards to health. Wow. Houston is right. Nobody's coming to save us. Wow. We have to save so ourselves. Anyway, um, so the president, the president received a lot of backlash, you know when his medical routine trip was, um, up to London was announced, with many focusing on the fact that he was traveling just after the Nigerian Association 
of resident doctors had threatened to go on a nationwide strike, citing very poor welfare by the federal government. Despite the pandemic, the governors, I said the governors, the doctors were still receiving very bad welfare and were threatening to strike. So there was a lot of chaos on, on, the, on the social media. So on Wednesday night, there was a meeting by the doctors and the federal government, which obviously could not stop the strike from going on because they're on strike right now. The doctors are on strike, you know. So the doctors released a, a statement on um, Thursday. So I'm just going to read that. It says, Nigerians must understand that we love them and the strike is not intended to hurt them, but to challenge the Nigerian government, the, the, the at Buari, the Federal Ministry of Health, the Ministry of um, Labor and Employment, whose responsibilities, among others, is to care for her citizens and labor force to do the needful. So they, they said they're going on strike right now. First of all, they were in a meeting with the federal government. So for that meeting not to have ended well, that means the government was not ready to give the doctors whatever they were asking for in terms of their welfare, maybe their, their, their pay and, and, and all those. So they said they're going on strike right now to challenge the government to do the right thing. We, are we not in a place where we have to go these bodies? We've seen us go on strike for many long months and, and students were, were home. You know, and it took a lot for the government to even bend. And right now, I don't know if they pay them all they were asking for. We're, we're looking at the health sector. And we're talking about pandemic that we're going through right now. Doctors are asking for basic things, which I think you can give them. Give them better welfare. You go to some of these hospitals, they are right off. You know, you are very, you're very in touch with um, the primary health care. I have seen one in Abuja here in Iraqi. I'm like, who is going to come here? I don't believe poor people should go there. They, they, they try not to. Yeah, so what they do you think about the, the, the doctors? I don't care about the president traveling when they announced to go. That's already bad. Him going already is bad for me. But why do you think the federal government right now is not even paying attention to the demands of the doctors that they have to go on strike at this point in time and they are still on strike and nothing is being done to stop these people from going on strike? So are you familiar with the term untouchables? Yeah, who is untouchables here? The government and its officials are, unto are the untouchables. Now, you see, I mentioned, I think, in our first, ep first episode that the government exists at the benevolence of the people. Yeah? Okay. However, we have a group of leaders in office today who do not give two cockroach farts about us. They do not. So they are enjoying their best life at our expense and they have nothing, they have no apology to make. Is this not the same Nigeria that a minister of uh, health said that doctors should go and learn a trade or something, tailoring or something that they should go and do that. Now, when you have leaders who believe that they are untouchable, they make certain kinds of statements. They make, they take certain kinds of actions. So in a pandemic where you know that your medical, your medical sector is already understaffed, where you know that your doctors are living on a daily basis in that in tens of thousands they are leaving the country in the moment they finish from medical school they're taking their exams to get out of this country you know that that is what is happening and the ones who are there you don't want to pay them their salaries so when you do that you know that it is 
that man on the street that will not be able to get medical attention. You are explaining to that man on the street that you don't care about him. Those are the kind of leaders that we have. The ones that will watch you die. Those are the kind of leaders that we have. That's what, that's, that's what this is all about. Because how will Labour and Ministry of Health explain to me that your resident doctors who are... Now, we have other medical uh, health workers. We have nurses, we have attendants, we have the um, technicians in the labs and whatnot. The doctors are the... Well, how, how do I put it now? They're the pillar that holds that system together. Do you understand? Everybody, it's, it's like being in a factory. You understand? The designer, the person who, who's responsible for designing that product is supposed to be there at all times. So now you have nurses have, uh, what do they call it, administering care to the best of their ability. So we are not bothered about life saving. If it comes down to it, if there's a surgery now in a primary healthcare center or in any of these hospitals, Nigerian healthcare system cannot execute it. They can't execute it. So what, 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 what really are we dealing with? We have leaders who believe that they are doing us a favor. I think this is the biggest lesson that we should learn from this administration, that never again should we elect leaders that feel like they are doing us a favor. But Nigeria is going to hear this. You know? No, they don't. What needs to happen it's not, it's to not, understand what's going on? Because this is the same question. We're going to show you that. We don't care about your health. This was the same, this was the same, this was the same question I was asking last week, if you remember. I was asking, how far do you have to stretch the Nigerian people? How elastic are we really? How many things can we really take? Because, Sal, if you go on the street and you, you try to oppress another person, you will see that Nigerian fight back. Do you understand? You will see Nigerians tell you, no, you cannot tell me that. So where is the problem? Why can't we turn that anger, that dissatisfaction to the right quarters? What is wrong? Mr. Houston, do you see any problem with uh, the federal government just allowing the doctors go on strike and not giving a damn? Because yeah. practically, <laughs> they, they don't care. Well, like I said, right now with this government, the only thing I try to, the only thing I try to encourage is <laughs> Security, they should at least secure us. If you can't give us food, if you can't give us health, mm. at least try and secure us. At least don't kill us on top of that. Mm. So with regards to um, the health workers going on strike, mm. that's the only way they can speak. That's the only way they can, they can, they can, um, they can externalize their grievance. So I have no problem with the health workers protesting. Mm. If that is their own way, even if it's at the expense of other people's lives, that's their own way because mm. they are to human, they are humans as well. Their lives too, so they need they need what they need. So um, with the government, honestly speaking, I don't think I can start admonishing this government. I don't think I can start encouraging them with everything. The only one I'm begging for is security. That's the only one I know. So I don't know. I don't know how to encourage them. I don't know. Anyway, we have come to the end of today's episode. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you. We'll see you guys next week. Please don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube page, page 36 TV on YouTube. Subscribe, like this video, and share this video. So, see you guys. Happy Easter, by the way. Happy Easter. Happy Easter.